one of the hardest things to wrap your head around with YouTube or any one of these social platforms is that a lot of people go into it going, hey, nobody's doing this. Like there's like this missing piece. And it's like, if I do it, it'll be viral. And then I have an audience, like they're trying to be different because they want to stand out. And that's totally fair. But one thing you got to realize is that it's like, it's a lot of work. And if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to be able to do it. It's Mitzi and Mike, and this is the Wave Social Podcast powered by Arcade Studios, a show for marketers, brand builders, creators, and anyone else who's trying to make waves online. We sit down with experts and tastemakers behind today's up-and-coming brands, and today on the show, we have Scott Yujan. Mm-hmm. This was a really fun episode for me because it felt like almost like a therapy session. Yeah, he's just a really nice guy. Yeah, and he, it felt like I could actually connect to someone, not in the same level, like he's got a crazy audience of over 100,000 subscribers on YouTube, but we kind of got into the nitty gritty of like the discipline and challenges of being a creator and being consistent. And in terms of relatability, we just talked about our podcast and how hard that can be to like stay motivated and stay consistent and the discipline required that with that. So it just made me feel like everyone needs to have conversations like that. Anyone who's creating content, like I hope people have access to other creators so they can talk to someone that can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to share stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing that I think everyone should watch out for in the interview too, is we talked a little bit about how um, you should really delay monetization. Mm -hmm. And for the point being is just that you need to really become intimately aware of who, like what your brand is and who your audience is and make sure that those are really synergistic or synonymous really well aligned before you complicate things with uh, monetization or like brand partnerships and things like Mm -hmm. that. What? (laughs) Synergistic is such a good word. Get off my back. (laughs) I've never heard you say that word. I'm not mad about it. I'm I'm just trying to paint a a verbal Uh picture here. It makes sense. It's not an incorrect word, but good job. Yeah. So I, I think it's really important. It's something that we've like tried to think about with waves mm-hmm. with this podcast and why we've delayed sponsorship for the first few years and focused on things like merch and really just engaging with you our viewers or listeners so thank you for being on the journey with us and eventually we may have some brand partnerships or sponsors but mm-hmm. they're going to be aligned exactly because we're going to know what we're talking about and who we're talking to and totally how we want to do it so yeah and it feels good to hear your voice again like- i know <laughs> it's even just nice to like ha- have this conversation with Scott like I I feel like we are craving social yeah social time we got hit with a bacterial infection (sighs) it is not there's still it wasn't the Rona it wasn't the The virus who shall not be named exactly but we're feeling good now our antibiotics in our system yeah we're our daughter brought it home from daycare and she bounced back in like two days and it's taken us two weeks the amount of illnesses I've had because my daughter is in daycare is absolutely insane. It's crazy. And it's just, there's no end in sight. And here's the thing. Don't slide into my DM saying that I need to be healthier. I get like good sleeps. I go to bed at 1030 every night. I take probiotics. I take vitamins. I eat salads for lunch. I have well-balanced diet. I exercise. We have a Peloton. We're part of the Peloton crew. <laughs> so don't come at me saying that it's just that I need to get my immune system up. Yeah. And I do half of those things. So I think I'm still pretty healthy. Yeah, at least half. You're pretty good too. Yeah, I try. But anyways. anyways bacterial infection is freaking nasty. Don't get one. Uh, but if you do, just immediately go and get antibiotics instead of waiting a week or two like we did because it's just not worth okay, losing Okay, bacterial infections cover so many types of infections too. So I want to be clear that's like 
it was like a throat situation. Throat and lungs. Throat and lungs. And a little bit of eyes. Yeah, <laughs> but that's, that's I yeah, think that's your enough. eyes looked a little funky. That's enough information to share, I think. All right. Um, okay, speaking back to the episode, <laughs> Scott is an artist and designer on YouTube. Like we mentioned, he has over 100,000 subscribers. He's got lots of knowledge to share in that area. He's on a mission to inspire a new generation of makers by sharing his creative process through storytelling and film. If you're a creator, if you're interested in being on YouTube, I know you're going to enjoy this episode. So have fun. Scott, welcome here, man. It's good to have you. Thank you. It's good to be here. We're just going to start right from the beginning. Obviously, you're a big man on YouTube. Um, we want to know a little bit about what inspired you to get onto YouTube in the first place, and then what's kept you motivated as you've as you've built and and uh, started some relationships with your audience. Sounds good. Uh, so, start from what inspired me to go on YouTube, I guess, mm -hmm. and what's keeping me going. Well, you know. Uh, I've been trying to make videos for a very, very long time. Like I think my first video is really from like two years ago. I remember for the first year, there was only like 12 views on it. So it was always just something I wanted to do. And I did it never really taken off at all. And it's just one of those things I keep coming back to. I love making videos and telling stories and stuff like that. So that's kind of what how it started. And what's keeping me going is just like some of the videos really started to take off. And I get like messages from like kids and like retired people that are like, oh, you inspired me into making stuff. And then like that just that's my whole driver now. It started off with me just enjoying it for myself. And now it's all of a sudden like I'm bringing more people to the maker community. And that got me really excited. So that's definitely a big piece um, of what drives me today. It's hard to say what inspired me to start in the first place. There's just a lot of things. And I think as creative people, we just always love trying new things. So. Yeah, it just kind of started like that. It's very bizarre. So you describe yourself as a creative person? That's not a trick question. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, I've always looked for creative outlets. Um, you know, here's, here's a cool story, actually. I actually, like, the biggest thing that led me to make videos in the first place, right? Like, out of high school, I used to edit, like, music videos for my friends and stuff. And there's this whole backstory. In fact, I actually want to make a video about this. It's really bizarre. But there's this whole backstory where when I was graduating college, uh, my mom got into like a freak accident, just the worst thing ever, ruined her life a little bit. She's much better now, so don't mm -hmm. panic. But but when she was like in this terrible place, um, we were suing the company that did this to her. Mm -hmm. It's like this really dramatic accident. And we're still in lawsuits today. This happened like six years ago. Wow. and We're still in court today. But what happened was the the company we're suing, they tried to tell the court that my mom is fine. There's no issues with her. She doesn't have a broken leg and that she's totally okay. And I do a lot of like video of journaling. And so I have all this journal and all this footage of like these terrible surgeries she was going through again and again. And I was like, I'm going to video make a video for the court courtroom. And it was this big challenge where uh, I've never done anything like that before because it's not a fun music video all of a sudden. Um, I had I listed out all these constraints about how I didn't want to be manipulative. I didn't want to use sad music to try to like manipulate the court because everyone can see through that. I wrote my first script with my brother. He's an English major. So we like detailed all the things, all the points we wanted to hit. And we tried to like make it really, really um, true to my mom's experience and all that. And that was actually the first kind of like storytelling video I ever made and no one's ever seen it except for this room of lawyers and like wow. the court. 
Um, but it was after that where I was like, dang, like there's so much power and there's so much like expression. And my mom, it just like, it meant the world to her watching this video because it felt like, I guess in a weird way, she felt like she was being silenced. You know, she was being gaslit. There was all these things. And then the video was just like this, our side of the story. And I realized how powerful this medium was. So weirdly enough, like this has nothing to do with the videos I make now, but that was technically like the first big project that I ever did. That's real, like, you know, in the same medium as what I do today. Wow, yeah. what a story. That is so, so cool. <laughs> it's very bizarre. That's, that's sad that the fight still continues, that it hasn't yeah. been resolved yet, but hopefully it will be. It's getting close, you know, it's, there's uh we're starting to see the sun. Yeah. Um, it's. It's not bad. It's worked. It's working out slowly and surely. And the, the video was weirdly enough, like did a lot to help us win our argument and stuff. So, That's awesome. Yeah. So that was obviously, <laughs> yeah, that, that was obviously a video that played into you thinking about doing more storytelling, but like you said, no one's ever seen it. What about some of the videos that people have seen? Is there one that you always come back to that you're like, maybe from early earlier on when you started this that you're like that was the one that really got me excited or something like that not really it's always the recent one like i have this weird thing where i'm always like when i watch my old videos they feel cringy yeah i don't know do you guys get that with your podcast because i actually went back and listened to your first podcast episode oh, okay i was like this is awesome i actually listened to it just before jumping oh, on here, and i was nice. like this is awesome yeah it, there's something about like your roots like you like how you started there's it's really revealing right mm -hmm. so i thought i'd get to know you guys through that way yeah yeah we actually today is our four year anniversary of running our business so oh. i was today going through like my camera roll and looking at like early videos of you know our projects or like you know behind the scenes and like I was thinking back on like how stoked we were on the at that moment and then comparing it to now like I definitely had that cringe feeling like oh <laughs> I thought this was like so cool and so innovative and like I don't know I, I just you have like you're slightly embarrassed of it you know but I think but that's an important process like because if you're not you're not growing and I think um, there's like a movement even like on TikTok right now where it's like be cringy, like put it out there. And then like the more you oh, do it, the more you flex and like the more you learn and grow and be better. So it's important that like it's good to 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 look back and feel a little a little bit of cringe. Yeah. It's fair. And it's probably only yourself too. Like totally. Like when I was listening to your podcast, I was like, oh, this is perfect. This is great. It was just a conversation between you two. You guys are telling the story of how you guys met. And then I was like, this is awesome. And I watch my old videos and I cringe a lot. But my friends are like, oh, I just marathon through all your videos. And I'm like, how did you do that? It's yeah. so cringy to watch the early ones, but they don't seem to notice it at all. Totally. Um, so I think it's just your own development. You're maybe, you know, you're getting to know the medium more as well so the cringe is probably just from yourself, yeah right? yeah i feel like the cringe comes less from your development because it's about you and more about your tastes and just how your tastes are mm. yeah i feel yeah. like you're kind of finding your voice i guess yeah. yeah yeah and just like trends change you know you change you get older you get interested in other things totally. it's yeah. not really that you were doing a bad job you know i feel like there's like every creative who's something could probably relate to that but another side of the coin is like going back to when you started like I think you said that like you've always wanted to do it and it sounds like you were kind of like doing some of it early on before you like started your YouTube channel. But a lot of people think and especially creatives and I think this is like a hang up is they think about doing something for a long time, but getting those like first steps for some reason feel really hard. 
or feel like there's like maybe mental blocks or things like that. And then there's a whole other side of it is like being consistent is so hard. And so hard. You know, thinking of new ideas and and you know, like staying focused on, you know, what your your unique point of view is and your unique lens is and not being swayed by other people who are in your space. So like, can you talk to us about what your your journey has been with that? Like either if you remember, you know, was it sticky when you started? Was it hard to get those first few steps in or did it feel easy? And then like now that you've gotten some traction and you're getting more of a community on YouTube, do you, is there challenges to stay consistent? Um, I'll start from the beginning one. Cause that's a really good point. Like pulling the trigger, right? Like mm -hmm. I kind of, I was having a conversation with my parents about this and it's like, if I never made that video for my mom, I don't know if I would have ever done anything more than that like basically i used to make little videos for my instagram but it was after the video for my mom at court where i was like whoa and then i had this workflow i knew how to write a script i knew how to i learned all these things through making that if i never had to do that if the court never asked for a video and there was never this gaslighting and i never had to put that out there i don't know if i would have gotten into video production on any level like wow. i used to just be an editor and that was all I was comfortable with, right? I didn't want to speak in videos. I didn't want to show myself in videos, even on my Instagram. So yeah, that was definitely, I think everyone needs that like first project to kind of like push them out there. Um, Cause like it, you can sit there forever thinking about a project and like 99% of the time you don't end up doing it. Mm -hmm. And you have to find something to like almost force you to, you know, totally. pick up the camera, start recording. And it's the same thing today. So the way I work today, I have a list of ideas and it's like, I'm like, oh, that project's going to be so great. People are going to love that. And I'm like, but when am I going to start filming this thing? <laughs> and then it's like, I have to somehow start finding those things to start actually forcing myself to put myself accountable and stuff like that to actually start working. And I think with like your point about looking for inspiration, uh, having new ideas, like I learned this thing a long time ago from this artist that was talking about like, uh, like he kind of framed, I can't remember who it is even, but there was someone that was telling me about how like the creative juices and like your creative uh, mindset, it's almost like a, like a bit of energy, like this type of energy that your body has or your brain has. And when you have it, you can just think of all these solutions, right? But the problem is when you have it and you're in that zone, you usually have this task in front of you. You're trying to finish this one client project where you're maybe you're not even doing a task that needs it, but you're putting it all there and you're doing the heck out of it. And then he kind of said this thing about how um, when you have that energy, you kind of have to recognize it and then try to spread it across as much things as possible. So when I feel like I'm in this like really inspired mood, I'll actually open up my list of projects and I'll start going, okay, which one of these has a blocker? And I'll kind of try to figure out the solution for that blocker and then quickly move on and okay, let's put out a few, you know, to-do lists for this project. I'll write a bit of script for this project. And so that way I'm kind of spreading that. And later on when I'm not motivated and I'm feeling lazy, I have all these things I can already do. Every one of these things kind of already has a bit of a ball rolling, I guess, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. That's such a good tip because it's just so true. Like you don't want to wait until you're inspired and then you suddenly like can't do the thing that you are inspired to do because you have to problem solve. I feel like that's, yeah. that's speaking to me because like even with this podcast, like 
there are some you know episodes we want to film but we have to like figure out x y and z before we film it and so um yeah i think that's a really good it's almost like a discipline and or, or almost looking at it as, at it like a project manager and maybe that's like me putting on my agency 100%. hat but like project yeah. managing your own creative projects is is an important discipline that i think everyone needs to learn yeah. Yeah. I used to do a lot of freelancing. So it's like similar lens of like the agency space. And it's always like jumping project to project. You have to be like, I, I kind of like have them as set as like mental drawers. It's like, I'm putting away this drawer and I can't think about that project for now. I'm going to think about this other one. And you have to be able to just like fully move on or else, you know, your other client's not going to get their delivery. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> it's a certain level of discipline for sure. Um, I also, I feel like this like energy or like mindset or like mind space that we're talking about. There's a term for it that I can't remember, but I've also heard other like thought leaders or celebrities or like influencers talk about it and even ways that they try to like create it or like get themselves to be in that mm -hmm. space, which is interesting. So I'll have to like, I'll have to dig up what the term is, but there's like types of exercise that you can do or like types of foods that you can eat. Um, that That's cool. It's kind of like the whole keto diet, you know, you eat certain things to get into ketosis. It's a similar thing for where your mind's at but crazy um i want to ask you for youtube specifically was was there a single video that got a ton of traction and that got like more views and you mentioned like your first early videos were had like 12 views but like you know when i look at your page like most of them have like over fifty thousand views and there's there's one that has like over 2 million so what was it about you know like when did you get that traction and what do you think helped like contribute to some of that traction yeah that video blew up like it's my third video i made it one year ago and uh it's almost hitting the two-year mark and yeah that one it was nuts like i uh i was editing it and it was just like my it was in quarantine so i was bored as heck and i was like you know what? i'm gonna start 3d printing again and i got this really like not very good 3d printer because it's like an open source one it's super cheap and i was like oh i'm gonna upgrade it there's all these cool upgrades people make for it online i'm just gonna start slapping them on there and i was like hey no one's made a video compiling all these things you know what? i'll make a video compiling all these things and then i did it and it was weird because it just kind of became bigger and bigger because i was like oh it's so boring just me putting stuff on this printer you know what? i'm gonna talk i'm gonna talk in this video and it was just after making the video for my mom so i was like comfortable i had a mic set up i was like i'm just gonna talk and i was like dang, it's so boring still. And then I have a friend that makes music. He's actually, uh, I work with him at Google. And I was like, hey, can I use your music in my video? And it just became bigger and bigger. And then when I put it out there, he's like, this thing's going to blow up, I think. And I was like, no way. And because it's like so niche. It's like a tiny mm -hmm. you know, 3D printer community. I mean, it's big 3D printing communities, communities go, but like compared to other YouTube communities, it's a tiny space. And yeah, it was just like, he's like, it's going to hit a thousand views in the first week. And I was like, no way. And then there was like 10,000 views in the first week. And then, and it just kept going and going and it hit a million just like super quickly. And now it's almost at 3 million, which is ridiculous. Um, and I've been analyzing why that video blew up ever since, like, I'm still thinking about it today. And I think the reason, um, I have a theory is that first of all, it's like a list. Like, I don't know if you noticed this, but when I was like really digging deep into the analytics of YouTube, if you look at the trendiest video, like the trendiest videos and all that constantly, there's usually a number in the video. I'm not sure why, mm -hmm. but it would be like top 10 blank, five ways to blank. Like there's always this number. There's something about lists where it makes it feel more digestible because you can just watch the first one. If you don't like right. it, bail. Even no matter how long the video is, there's kind of this like, it feels like there's chapters. So that's the first thing. The second thing I noticed was that 
um, the recipe I have for my videos today is problem. I have a problem. I have a motivation. I make something, I solve it. And there's a solution, right? That's usually like the recipe one for one video today. That video was 24 upgrades for my 3d printer. So in a way it's like 24 versions of that. Every one of those items was one problem, a solution and the result. Mm -hmm. And it just kept kind of kept repeating. So there's something about that where it's like, it's like this crazy condensed version. It kind of makes me think of TikTok. Yeah. Like TikTok is like long YouTube videos condensed, right? So now I have this video that's like a bunch of little TikToks in a weird way um th there's a lot of weird things about it yeah uh, i might add another theory to it because i actually watched yeah. it and i am not in the 3d like i don't think i've ever read watched anything about 3d printing like my my youtube like recommended videos are like makeup tutorials like i'm totally not in this niche but i watched the video and i think what was so compelling about it too is that you know, if, if I saw a video about 3D like upgrades, I would assume it'd be really technical, but the ones that you did, like even some of the upgrades were like, write your, the date on it or like add this little cute little bear. Like it was like <laughs> anyone can do that or anyone can like get it. You know, it's not like technical where it's like, like people can't relate or yeah. understand it. So I think if I had a theory about it, that's another element that I would add to that in addition to what you've said. That's a really good point. It's like, it's understandable. Yeah. And it's kind of satisfying too. Yeah, like exactly. Back, like it's kind of cool to see it change one item at a time. And then eventually it's like this totally different machine. Totally. Um, yeah. That's a good theory too. Yeah. It's a weird one though. Like even everyone, even in the 3D printing community, like I've heard people say like, what happened? Like, how did that, what just happened? Right. There? Like, we've been making videos about this 3D printer for years. And it's never gotten an audience like that. And I don't think, and you're 100% right. Like, I get so many comments that's like, I don't even know what you're doing. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> didn't like, know what you're I don't even know what printer that is. I don't even know how 3D printing works, but I watched the whole thing. So my, my grandma watched it. My grandma's like, I don't know what he's doing either, yeah. but my grandma enjoyed it. And I was like, what the heck? Yeah. So, yeah, there's definitely something really weird about that one mm -hmm. where it definitely hit. Um, and there's just a space for like, doing tactile things with like vibey music too even oh the fact gosh. that you worked with your mm -hmm. friend who makes music and it's kind of just like a therapeutic experience outside of even the subject matter you know mm -hmm. i find myself getting True. lost especially on tiktok all the time and just like some random 50 or 60 year old man like making something out of clay with like crazy uh, crazy vibey music in the background you know yeah. it's like asmr almost and just, mm -hmm. yeah, it takes you to a different place. Yeah. But we've talked a little bit about theories uh, so far and your early days. I want to talk specifically about lessons and also a thread we've kind of had in some of our other interviews this season around finding your niche or your focus. So mm -hmm. for you as a creator, especially knowing this isn't your full-time thing, this is more of like a outlet for you. How did you settle on the focus that you have right now for the type of videos? And even like you said, the recipe that you have when you're creating videos? Um, it comes down to what I enjoy. Like, I think one of the hardest things to wrap your head around with YouTube or any one of these social platforms is that a lot of people go into it going, Hey, nobody's doing this. Like there's like this missing piece. And it's like, if I do it, it'll be viral. And then I have an audience, like they're trying to be different. Yeah. Um, 
because they want to stand out and that's totally fair but one thing you got to realize is that it's like it's a lot of work and if you don't enjoy it like my brother for example he has this idea about doing this certain type of video and i was like are you going to enjoy that though like because right. one video in you're going to be exhausted and mm -hmm. if you don't enjoy it are you you're not going to be able to do it and so that's kind of what i constantly come back to i'm thinking about Am I going to enjoy making this thing? Am I going to enjoy doing it? And then the rules for how I make my videos is also the same thing. Am I going to enjoy watching that? Right. Mm -hmm. um, when I like put on, like sometimes I watch a lot of YouTube and sometimes I'll put on my own videos. It sounds weird, but I will. And it's a really interesting thing to do because if I can watch through my own video, which I've watched through a hundred times because I edit them myself. Like if I can still watch through it for the hundredth one time, then I know that video probably did the right thing because I can actually enjoy watching it. Yeah. But there would be certain videos that I've done in the past where I put it on and I'd be like, this is so boring. Who would watch this? And then I'm I like, okay, that's not the kind of video I'm going to make another one of, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's constantly just like, does it align with my taste? Do I feel like it's something I'm proud of still? And that's kind of what's slowly um, pushing me towards whatever direction I'm going to, uh, it's just constantly questioning, you know, my past work. Cool. I guess. Yeah. I like that, man. I and I think we've also seen a thread in responses that are kind of similar to that as we've asked these types of questions. And my, when we first started having these types of dialogues, I feel like my reaction was like, that's so simple. Like it's, it's almost like unstrategic, you know? Right. But I think that's really because we've been taught that you need to find a gap and fill it rather than like, mm. then like double down on what it is that you're interested in and even have expertise in. And I really think that honestly, as I'm processing right now has come out of just the last couple ages, our culture has gone through like the industrial age into the information age. It's all about industrial age was all about product and like manufacturing. So like what products don't exist yet? How do we fill the gap and make a lot of money totally. and then information like what information pe do people not have access to how do we give that to them but now i don't know what age we're coming into but i feel like it it's the time to be like yeah this i'm doing this because i'm interested in it and it's more valuable to people because it has that flavor as well mm -hmm. yeah they can sense the uh if it's missing authenticity i feel like right and especially on the internet where everyone's yeah. like they have this thing that's like you're not sure if it's real or not but it's like you can kind of feel it when it's yeah. not real mm -hmm. totally and someone's faking it yeah hmm. can you that's interesting though talk to us about the rules i know you have rules for yourself when it comes to making videos and storytelling and i think it's been inspired by some superheroes so i'm wondering if you can walk <laughs> yeah, yeah. through what those yeah totally um one quick thing i want to add really quick to what you're just saying though like a lot of creators talk about this thing where they kind of look at their own work and make sure it's authentic to them mm -hmm. um the, the really hard part about it is understanding your own taste because it's one thing to say, hey, I like that movie. I like this thing. I like this YouTube channel. But it's so hard actually to know why. Like that's the constant thing I'm thinking. Like even me and you guys coming up with theories for why that video succeeded, like it's not easy. Like it's like even in our company, even having thought about why it hit a million views a year ago, like and it's closing to three million. We're, I'm still thinking about it every day. Like, why did that work? Why did people right. like it? So yeah, it's, it's, it's not that easy to think about the why. And I think you have to constantly think about the why. And that leads me to the rules that I developed. So um, over make, you know, the last few two years of making videos, I've been thinking about why I like certain things and why people like my videos too. And one of the things that I got to was like this thing about superhero movies. So 
if you think about movies like Big Hero 6, Spider-Man, Iron Man, there's that part of the movie where the main character kind of runs into the problem and they have to make their solution, right? Iron Man is in the cave, he makes his armor. Big Hero 6, he has to upgrade his robots. Spider-Man has to make his costume and figure out how to, you know, hide his identity and make his web shooters or whatever. And that part of the movie is always so satisfying for me to watch. And at this, I, I don't even know if I knew this going into YouTube videos, but at some point I realized like, that's what I'm trying to get to. I'm trying to make my videos feel that, like, uh, feel that kind of like, to give people the feeling of like inspiration, motivation that you get when you watch those movies. And it's also coming back to that, like satisfaction of like, this person had this problem and they solved it themselves mm -hmm. making something. It's like, that's so satisfying. And I love doing that just in my everyday life. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm like, I think people would like that too. And I love doing it. So it's almost know, like this just kind of made sense. This mental journey from like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this to like, I have to do this. I can do this. Yeah. And also mm -hmm. making something to do it. Cause like yeah. a lot of your videos focus on making things. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's, that's another angle that I didn't even like <clears throat> realize until now, which is pretty cool. I mean, you don't always have to make stuff. I, I kind of like think whatever, like, okay, for example, my mom during her accident, she couldn't get up the stairs. Mm -hmm. We would have to like all three of us, my dad and I would have to like do this thing where she like pushes herself up with these crutches. It was really, really painful. Mm -hmm. But then I realized, you know, those like four legged crutches, you can control the, uh, the height of all the, of those legs independently. And I remember I figured out that if I'd like push the back ones higher up, it can be this like stair supporter that she, and then she was able to go up the stairs herself after I didn't make anything. My mom was like, Whoa, like, <laughs> like everyone in my family was like, we've been like literally lifting her up the stairs for like for half a year. And then this tiny tweak on a crutch that was just sitting there that we didn't even use now allows her to go up the stairs herself. And then it's things like things like that in like everyday life where you don't even realize you're being creative and it's just like you just find a weird solution. Maybe it's just like putting newspaper under a table leg that was, you know, shaking. It's like just like the tiniest things like we're constantly doing it, but we don't really think about it. Um, and it's very satisfying. Yeah. Like it's very satisfying when you solve that little problem you have. So, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, one thing I, I've noticed about your content is that it's like really motivational and aspirational and it feels like it makes it simple, like kind of like that 3D printer one, like there's part components of it that feel really simple and approachable and it makes me feel like I can do something like that um, and there's an approachability there that I think a lot of creators, um, especially people who want to make a community around education or you know inspiration, like people can learn from that. How, was that intentional for, for you that like you wanted it to your channel and your videos to feel empowering and like someone else could just do this if they wanted to by themselves at home? Partially, I would say I didn't. It's hard to say what came first, right? Mm -hmm. Like the uh, the rules or did I just make the videos and then I got analytical and thought about it after because it got successful. I don't know. Like I'm not really sure what came first, mm -hmm. right? But yeah, that's definitely there, especially now. Like I think about that every time I make a video now. But I think when I started, it was a lot simpler. I uh, I took a branding approach. Like I have a friend who's like a design. I mean, I'm friends with a bunch of designers, but one of my friends is a really um, intense branding expert. And she has this whole thing about how it's more important to know what you're not than what you are for a brand. Because it's really easy to be like, my brand is sustainable. Mm -hmm. My brand is this. My brand is empowering. But it's a lot harder to say, my brand is not like that one. 
even though it's kind of similar. So that's kind of what I went into it with. I was already watching a lot of videos in the 3D printing niche community. And I was like, why do I like some of these videos more than others? And it's like, some of them were boring. Some of them got too technical. Some of them tried to be too instructional when I'm just trying to know why, do I, like, do I even want to do this upgrade? And it was things like that that slowly led me to like make a video where I'm just like, you know what? If you're interested in making it, you can hunt down the detailed three hour tutorial. I'm just going to show you like the problem it solves, me doing it and the salute, like the results. Uh, and that way I also realized that it's kind of like a trailer. It's kind of like, uh, it kind of makes it less overwhelming because let's be honest, it is hard. 3D printing, it can be really, really hard. But if I just show you like the good parts of it and the part that's like, you know, why I do it, if I just show you that and you were motivated to do it, then you'll kind of figure it out yourself. And that's totally fine. It's like, I had this conversation with my brother early on where it's like, am I lying to people by making the design process so easy looking? Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, but you know, making an Iron Man suit in a cave is also impossible. Are they lying to us? It's like, of course they are, but you know, it's, to get to, it's just to get the story across. And, you know, I think that's kind of the rule I took. Um, regarding the educational aspect, I follow this really, really cool rule by this guy. Uh, let me see if I can pull up the quote really quick. He's um, actually wrote it down. This guy, he's a very famous photographer, Harold Edgerton. He has this line where he says, the trick to education is to teach in such a way where um, by the time someone realizes they're learning, it's too late. Uh, <laughs> right. It's almost like tricking them into learning. And it's so true. Like we're, <clears throat> like if you think about great teachers you've had, like you've probably, you probably just really enjoyed a conversation with them all, and all of a sudden you're like, wow, I just picked up all this new knowledge. So that's kind of like the approach I take to my videos. It's about the story. And by the time you're like, wait a minute, I'm like watching a sort of tutorial. I'm learning about 3D printing. It's like, it's too late. You've already engaged in the story. You're already, you know, interested and invested in what I'm trying to make. Um, and that's kind of, yeah, I don't, I don't want to make an educational channel. I don't want to make a tutorial channel. I don't want to make it super technical. I just want to tell stories. And then if you learn throughout that process, then, Hey, that's awesome. And yeah. I want to make it approachable, I guess. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Before you got into yeah. YouTube, would you say that there was one or even some other people that were either storytellers or educators that you found were people that empowered you, whether you knew them or not, to like start doing stuff yourself? And like, which is really now the subject of a lot of your videos is like, I'm just going to make this thing or show you how to do it, you know? Or is it just, oh, you've just always been this way? um definitely wasn't always this way but i think like what gave you the confidence to start doing things yourself i think it's being in design school honestly like i went to art school and um, i was going to be a painter like very random but i was going to be a painter and i was so set on being a painter i was like i'm going to be an old man painting alone at home someday it's going to be great and then uh so yeah i went to in first year i was going to be a painter and then I hated the painting lessons, so I tried other classes. I took a design class, and I think it was the atmosphere of the design classes where when you're in a wood shop and there's an issue with a tool, like nobody even questions it. They just make the thing to fix the tool. Like It's just so intuitive. And I ended up working in a wood shop for a while, and it was like before they trusted me with clients, building furniture for clients, that's what they got me to do. They would be like, oh, that tool has an issue. Go fix it. And they're like, we need a way to organize all these tools go figure something out for it. So I just made stuff for the wood shop for the first like couple months. And so I think maybe that's what slowly built up this, um, this mentality that like, I should just make my own solutions maybe, but there was definitely not like, I don't think there's many creators that show that, uh, usually they're making something that's like 
cool and clickbaity. No one really ever just makes something for themselves. That's yeah. like, this is for my studio and that's it. Um, there's a few woodworker channels that do that, but I don't watch a whole lot of those either. Cause um, like I said, like they get very technical and then, right. you know, uh, it's not my cup of tea personally. Yeah. But, well, I mean, uh, that sounds like the type of yeah. experience that would kind of help you cross some sort of like invisible line from, mm -hmm. I need someone to do this for me to, Oh, like maybe I am equipped or have the tools in my toolkit to, find the best solution in this moment myself. So yeah. that's awesome. Totally. I, yeah. I want to talk about monetization because obviously like it's hard to talk about YouTube without talking about monetization and, and the opportunity yeah, yeah. that it presents. And um, I wanted to know from you, at what point did you explore monetization and do you have any tips or anything that you've learned in the process of figuring out monetization on YouTube? My biggest like, advice to anybody going into it is like don't think about it because <laughs> i have so many friends that's like hey maybe this is a good side hustle you're oh. making money off your youtube channel how much can i make uh if i start making videos like this or you know and then they go into it with this huge mentality of like i'm gonna make money off youtube and it's like no 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 I'll don't because you'll just you'll only be disappointed like it's inconsistent um of course it's there and i'm making like a decent amount of money per video now but like I got so lucky that I broke into this random niche and it just kind of worked out. But 99% of the time it's going to be like inconsistent and very disappointing. Like I was watching an interview with uh, Casey Neistat, this other big YouTuber. Mm -hmm. And I think he said like the first four years of YouTube where he made videos every single day, there was $0 coming in. And then, so, you know, if that can happen, like that is draining. So if anybody comes into it wanting to monetize or whatever, it's like, oh, I just make sure you like what you're doing first is kind of like the most important thing. But yeah, once it's, you know, uh, my first video blew up, I got the subscriber count to a number where I qualify for monetization. And then it, I started monetizing. And then the thing is, the, re the reason I said I got lucky is because it was a 3D printing video. And then all these 3D printing companies started bidding to advertise on that video. Oh. And so my um, my ad, I think I can't remember what it's called. It's like CPM or something. It's like the uh, how much you get paid per ad just like shot up more than like half other YouTube friends. And then they were telling me their CPM and it was like, like it wasn't even half of what I was like getting for my that video's ads. It was really bizarre. Um, Interesting. So yeah, it's like, you're not going to be able to predict that though. You'll never be able to plan for that to happen. And other people who are making 3d printing videos, aren't getting the numbers that I got off from this, you know, videos ads too. So you can't plan for it. I would say just focus on the content. Content is king. That's what they say. Web design, right? Yep. Um, content is king. Just focus on the content, make sure you enjoy it. And the monetization, there's other ways to monetize too, right? Uh, you can do sponsors, you know, there's all these other things you can do. So, um, yeah, YouTube monetization is like, it's oh, too, uh, it's too hard to get right. right. It's too unreliable. So, yeah. Speaking of brands bidding on, you know, like ad spots for your content, what about outside of the YouTube platform? Have you explored partnerships with brands um, as a means to monetize your content or has it been st strictly through this like actual monetization function of YouTube? Uh, right now it's strictly through YouTube and Amazon affiliate links and stuff like that. That's actually making me more than YouTube monetization. That's what's shocking. Yeah. So that's kind of what I mean by how unreliable YouTube ads are. Yeah. Um, but I am looking into like sponsorship and stuff like that for videos. Uh, the weird thing is though, I kind of try to remind myself that that's not the goal. Like I have a full time job right now. I what I what my priority really is right now still is getting the 
voice right and branding and you know the messages right in my videos the stories and stuff like that i feel like i'm still developing that and i don't want to be too i don't want to overthink certain things that's outside of this focus yeah kind of that's a good uh, point yeah. yeah you know you know when you're um you guys do marketing right so there's this constant thing with brands where you know when a brand is misaligned with the public perception right like you talk to someone about you know nike or something and then you talk to nike and the people that work at nike and then what they think their brand is in the public perception sometimes they're aligned perfectly sometimes they're not i don't feel like mine what i think my channel is about and my videos are about is perfectly aligned with what i see in the comments and stuff like that right now and where i want to take things so that's kind of what i mean it's like i'm still trying to figure out this part and before it's perfect i don't really want to do so many ideas because that kind of like messes with your message yeah. your mission and all that so yeah uh I have other priorities, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> Man, that's such <laughs> that a good point. Sense. I want to hang on that for a second because I think whether it's creators or marketers or anybody listening to this, I feel like anyone who's thinking about getting into YouTube, they're already thinking about how do I make money? And they're skipping over. Obviously, there's an element of thought to brand, but it's more like, okay, what is my channel banner and like profile photo going to look like? And is there like a thumbnail thumbnail style that I want to roll with? Yeah. And that kind of stuff. But that's like upfront, right? But there's a whole, all this brand work that needs to happen after that, that I think people just want to kind of fast forward past. Mm -hmm. But that's so, yeah. so crucial what you're saying about making sure that you find, you take the time to one, not rely on that new channel and that new work to produce income and give yourself time like with another job or something like that. And two, to really find that alignment with your audience and really like not just have a content niche, but have like an audience niche as well. A small, mm -hmm. like mighty group of people that are really invested in what you're putting out, which I think you're, you're doing such a good job developing that. So mm -hmm. whoever's listening, make sure you like <laughs> rewind and listen to this like last two minutes of the conversation again, because I think that's really, really invaluable, not just for YouTube, but just marketing and branding in general or any creator because like mm -hmm. it doesn't even matter the medium because like you could be doing the same thing trying to build an audience in a community on instagram trying to be a full-time creator mm -hmm. but <clears throat> there's like that nitty-gritty work that still needs to be done and like you need to define like who do you want to be known as or like who is like you know what 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 purpose are you serving by putting out content for people yeah like and i think that's 100 percent and if you don't know, other people will decide for you. Yeah. Or they just won't even feel it's authentic and then they won't feel, you know, an attachment to your work. They won't connect with it, I guess, right? And if so. other people are going to decide for you, the last people you want to decide for you are advertisers. <laughs> that's true. Oh, so true. Right? Yeah. Wow. And that's coming from like a marketing and advertising <laughs> yeah, agency. We do advertising. You, know? you want to find the right mm. advertisers that have the synergy with what your voice, your brand, and your audience already um 100%. yeah it's been the same yeah. way with our show like we've been doing it for a few years now and we haven't had sponsors we haven't tried to get sponsors because like it's the same reason not necessarily articulated the same way but we want to be us we want to have full control mm -hmm. and we like rationalize it as like a marketing expense for our agency and then we sell like 
a little bit of merch here and there to help cover some costs. Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw that. Um, I, in fact, one of the first episodes I saw was right after I put out my video and that was my approach too. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do sponsors yet. I'm just going to do merch first. And I put on your episode and it was literally the, like nice. what you said. Uh, you guys awesome. were like, we're going to do merch first. And I was like, heck yeah. yeah. Uh, especially like, I mean, you guys are, you guys, you said four years into this, right? Like three, that's think, awesome. Yeah. Well, four three years, years into yeah. our business, yeah. Four into our agency, oh, three into our podcast. But Wow. Congratulations. <laughs> One thing I'm going to say really quick yeah. is that with podcasts, I, I was listening to this other podcast. They talk about the 20 episode um, theory or whatever you want to call it. But basically, after 20 episodes, you've exhausted all your like initial ideas. You've exhausted all your friends and connections. And it's like that's where you really really shows like whether or not you can you have a format that works that you, that's scalable and you can prolong it. And it's like you guys went over that and you guys are killing it so hard. Oh, so nice. like it's so cool that um, you guys are at this day and you know yeah th- yeah it's just it's cool to see that. Thanks, man. Well, I'm gonna be a little vulnerable <clears throat> here because I feel like maybe we can relate in some way. But <clears throat> I'm like one thing with the podcast, like you know what people see isn't always what it feels like in terms of creating content Mm -hmm. like you see you know consistent episodes or things like that but the reality is like often you know sometimes we'll feel like we're in a rut or we have to scramble and get you know an episode put together just right on time to before we hit our weekly mark and you know there's all these challenges that come into being creative and I'm curious like how do you get out of ruts like that like whether you're not feeling inspired or maybe like sometimes there's also discouragement. Like sometimes you'll put a lot of effort into something and you're not seeing the traction that you want to see. Or maybe like you're getting comments that aren't really like aligned with what you want people to feel when they're watching your videos or things like that. Like how do you get past that and kind of like push forward? Oh, that comments thing is <laughs> like, it's way too close to home. Like I'll put out a video and some of like, cool project, but I could never do that. Or like, that looks way too hard. That looks like way too much hassle. And I'd be like, uh, <laughs> I completely failed. Well, you know, in one, in one way, it's like lessons learned, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm constantly learning. And I think it's important to recognize that. Like, I mean, I try to remind myself, it's like, I'm new to this space. I'm still just, you know, trying to figure this out. So that's totally fine that someone's going to misinterpret or not get the message I'm trying to put out. And right. that's totally okay. I think with the creative ruts you're talking about, though, it's trickier because you don't know, you don't always know why, right? Like you might be burnt out and you don't even know it. Uh, there might be something else in your life that's stressing you out. Maybe like for me, for example, like something at my nine to five day job, that's actually stressing me out in a way I'm not even realizing. And when I try to work on YouTube, I don't even notice that my mind's there and I can't. So it's like identifying the source of where that obstacle is coming from is not easy. And it's super like important because only then can you really try to find a solution to the spot you're in. Right. Um, it's hard. It takes a while to recognize, like to know your body and mind so well that you know where that source is. And if it's burnout, you know, there's obviously certain things you're supposed to do to try to like, you know, to help get out of that. If it's creative blocks, there's all sorts of other things that I try to do now. But um, coming from like art and painting, like there's this mentality among a lot of painters where it's like, inspirations for suckers and you just kind of show up and paint like just paint oh. and you'll get better at um i think chuck close said that yeah i think he said inspirations for suckers the rest of us just show up and get to work 
And then I really liked that. And so that's kind of why I said earlier that like when I feel motivated, I make a lot of lists of all these things I'm going to do later on. And when I'm not, I have this list and I can just feel like, you know what, I'm not motivated right now, but I'm just going to work. I have a list of to do stuff. Things need to get done mm -hmm. and I'll just do that. Um, but if it's a burnout, then it's like, you know, yeah. that's why you have to really know because if it's burnout, then that's not going to help. You got to mm -hmm. take a step back and go relax because, you know, there's a whole, if you don't do it, then there's a whole other issue that right. will come down later it's, on. It's getting worse. You're exhausted. Yeah. It, there's no, there's nothing you can do except for step away. Right. right. So, yeah. Oh. Have you, <laughs> how have you <laughs> like figured out that discipline, that like creative discipline? Cause like, I I really love what that quote like it is it is work and I think some people maybe glamorize it to think that it's like not work but you know being mm. consistent and you know putting out new ideas and videos all the time that there takes a sense of discipline for that and you know maybe you have the the benefit of your painting background I think that's so cool and it's so different and even when I think about painters like they have probably, this is an assumption, this might not be true, but painters, it just feels like there's so much work up front and it's very thankless almost. Like they might never get the, the acclaim yeah. that they aspire to. And even for creators too, they might, it might take them years to build up, you know, the traction in the audience that they're aspiring to have. Um, but they still maintain that discipline throughout that whole process to be putting stuff out there even when it's hard have what have you learned anything in that process of like making sure that you stay disciplined to put out the videos that you want to do like you you've already given some amazing tips about you know when you're inspired to like make those lips and like remove any blockers but anything outside of that that you feel like you could pass along to someone especially people who want to get into youtube Totally. Yeah. Uh, I thought about this a lot because I think one of the questions you sent me in the email was like, what are your aspirations when you first started making mm -hmm. videos? And I stared at that question for hours. And then I, the only answer I had was none. Like <laughs> I didn't want to have any huge aspirations because that's a lot of pressure to put on yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. Can you imagine if like you're totally new to a medium? And you're about to try that medium and you're like, I'm going to try to reach this X amount of goals or like X amount of views or something like that. Right. Like that is so much pressure and you're not going to be able to not think about that. Right. So I started to think about like, okay, then what, why did I do it then? Why did I put out a video? There's no way there's zero aspirations though. Right. Cause that's a lie. There's, there's, there's always goals and, you know, um, hopes and dreams. I have hopes and dreams. So I think a, a, sm a way to think about it, maybe that's like a little bit more realistic is just, um, like think about the content itself right uh at the when i first started that first video with the 24 upgrades or whatever i was just like i'm helping organize the information online i'm gonna make it easier for people to find it and it's like if one person finds that this useful that they didn't need to go and watch all these tutorials and they can just watch mine and then dive deep into specific upgrades if they want to then it's like hey i did my job and it's like Ooh, even better if uh, I can make it entertaining. So even someone who isn't into this 3D printer can get through half of this video. I would feel so happy about that. And then I was like, hey, this is my first YouTube video. If my family who have zero interest in 3D printing can watch this video, that's another achievement right there. Um, it's funny, when I showed that video to my parents, I didn't think they would sit through it. Like I was like, oh, if they just watched like the first 10 seconds of it, I'd be so happy. I, like if, if my friends would watch it, I would be so happy. Um, and that's all the goals and aspirations I had early on. I was just like, 
it's just it was very small and that's even now like when i put out the recent video about the mac mini i didn't think it would take off and all i was thinking about was um you know what's funny i didn't mention this i don't know if you guys saw that one but i made this like portable mac mini thing mm -hmm. that was a christmas gift for my brother oh <laughs> really know? i didn't even show it in the video but yeah my brother uh he recently went back to college um to study something i don't even know the details of it but he didn't want to buy a laptop and he has a Mac Mini. I also have a Mac Mini. And I was like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we can just use our Mac Mini at places where there's a wall plug? And then, uh, yeah, I made it for him as a Christmas gift. I have a video of him opening it, actually, but I didn't end up putting it in the video. But yeah, it was a gift for him. And it was, I was like, if he likes it and he's not ashamed to use it in public, because I was like, oh, it's a DIY thing. What if he doesn't really want to use it and it looks stupid and he gets laughed at? I was like, my goal was just to like, I want to make something pretty. It doesn't look like a hassle. It doesn't look it doesn't look too DIY. I even put his name on it, and he ended up using it in school like a couple times. It's like work from you know. It's all like uh, through Zoom now, so he only had to go in for presentations and stuff. But he used it, and it's like those were all my goals for that video. I even told my friends I was like, no one's gonna watch this video. It's too niche, and it ended up like blowing up weirdly enough. But yeah, I try not to overthink it too much and build up too much expectation because mm -hmm. oh, there's so much disappointment when right. you do that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Totally. I'd love to get into the nitty gritty of your process while we have you. Like we don't, sure, we don't yeah. always get that practical, but we like practical mm -hmm. around here. So practical. can you talk to us, you know, like how do you come up with ideas first off? I know, you, I know you're, you're a list maker. Um, how long does it take you to film them? How long does it take you to edit them? Like talk to us about SEO. Can you just kind of take us top to bottom? Oh, SEO, I got nothing. <laughs> All right. So you guys probably know way up. more about it than I do. <laughs> yeah, let's get that one. I know. Talk about scripts oh, instead. That's the one I'm struggling with. Yeah, totally. Scripts. Um, so my videos like take a long time to make because I'm. it's the third biggest priority in my life right now. You know what I mean? Like I have my main job. I have family. I have friends. There's all these things I'm trying to focus on more than my videos. It's actually like a nice to have. Um, so if anything, I'm trying to like cut down the amount of time I spend on it. So they start being longer and take longer to produce and all that stuff. So they take quite a long time right now. Is kind of what I'm trying to say. If I was focused though, and I'd like, there was a certain month, for example, that I was like, I'm just going to do videos this month. Uh, it can be pretty quick. So it'd be like two weeks of shooting, one week of editing kind of thing or whatever. Right. Um, that's pretty realistic. But in terms of like writing the videos, it's like partially scripted, but the biggest tip I have for anyone trying to do this is, um, it, everyone has a different process, right? Like I said earlier, everyone has a different drive. Everyone has a different method that works for them. Some people like to make mind maps. That doesn't work for me at all. My mind's already all over the place. I don't need another tool that puts my mind, you know, even more in a chaotic place. So I'm like, I, there's certain, yeah, right. So it's, it's like, I'm going to tell you my tool that I use, but you know, it's definitely not prescriptive. But one thing that worked really well for me, I make lists and the lists get messy. So one thing I started to do was, uh, is, um, Dan Harmon. Yeah, Dan Harmon. Do you guys know Dan Harmon? He's one of the writers on Community. He's a co-creator yes. of Rick and Morty. He came up with this thing ages ago when he was writing Community called the Story Circle. Oh. And then I thought it was like this minor thing, but I was watching the behind the scenes of Loki and one of their guys used to work with Dan Harmon and in the behind the scenes, everyone had the Story Circle on the wall. Like for every episode of Loki. And I realized how powerful the tool was. I even have it... Uh, in the last page of my sketchbook it's basically like uh 
a circle that basically has these points of how a story should go. And it's really interesting because it's like, it's kind of like the hero's journey, but because it's in a circle, it actually breaks it down into ratios too of how long the story should spend at each portion of the hero's journey kind of thing. It's really cool. But basically I make all my lists for my videos now, all the points I want to touch on. And I basically try to frame them into the hero's journey. And I look at, oh, this part of the hero's journey is actually like not very strong and i'll know what part to double down on more and spend more time on developing and stuff like that or like this part is taking too much time early on my videos didn't have this and i can feel it now like when i watch it i'm like this is this guy's taking forever setting up the story or you know it's like this part is so boring or something and so now it's like i'm slowly getting to a point where i feel like every part of the the video feels like it's like leading to the next and it doesn't feel like it's uh, lingering too long i guess so that's a tool okay. that worked wonders for me. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. So that's more of a creative tool as far as like planning, but what about the actual like hard, like software tools you use for like filming and, oh, yeah. and that kind of stuff? Uh, I use Premiere for video editing. I use After Effects to do the fancy effects occasionally. I, what other tools do I use? That's about it. That's like my main things, yeah. Nice. Uh, okay. And are you, are you still getting camera-wise? I was just going to oh, say, are you, are you still getting music from your friend or do you like get it? Yeah. Just... He's just like the most random, like secretly talented musician I've ever met. Like I didn't even know he made music. He like early on and then out of nowhere, I discovered he's like a musical genius. He's never had music training in his life. And he's just like always been very, very good. And um, it's so bizarre. Like I would literally be like dang i can't find a song for this part of my video that's like this and i'll say like i feel looking for something between like this song and that song and like 10 minutes later he would send me like a quick beat and be like is that what you're looking for something like this and i was like did you just make that and he's like yeah yeah and i'll be like i'm gonna use it and he's like whoa, whoa wait, let me polish it up and then like an hour later it's like perfect it's that's awesome. so bizarre um it's cool. Like, I think uh, one thing that really helps even outside of music is like being around other people who have like a certain passion in these creative channels. Cause like, I don't know music that well. I don't know much about it, but talking to him, I've learned so much about music. Mm -hmm. And even though it's not a focus in my videos, it's just like, I can apply a lot of the, the thinking, the approaches and the methodologies to my videos too. So yeah, it's, there's a lot more crossover between these, you know, mediums than mm -hmm. sometimes we think. So, nice. Yeah, it's cool. Um, what, sorry. He was going to tell us about his camera gear too. Oh, right. Sorry. Oh, do you want, do you want to hear about yeah. it? Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean much to me, but to our listeners, it'll mean something. All right. Yeah. I'm using a Sony a7C right now as my webcam. It's very nice. I use a series of very classy lenses with big apertures. Um, what else do I get? Honestly, though, it's like a side thing. Like if you watch early on in my YouTube videos, they're all filmed on my iPhone, actually. So really, you know, like, yeah, like, like if all the videos early on were on my iPhone and a lot of people don't even notice that. In fact, in one of the videos, I tried to show it too because people were like, what camera are you using? And I was like, it's just my phone. Like, <laughs> um, That's really and even now, certain scenes would be filmed on like really crappy cameras. I'm trying to like make it very cinematic now. And obviously I'm, I have a huge interest in film because I love movies. So I'm trying to explore this area and learn more about this area. So I try not to use my iPhone anymore. But sometimes I still do for certain things just because it's so much easier and quicker. So, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> um, what part of the process do you love and what part of the process do you hate? 
it's funny. There's no part of the process I hate. I love every part of it. The only process I hate is everything outside of content creation. It's like figuring out my taxes. Like, oh, geez, YouTube taxes. Like, what the heck? That's literally been my nightmare for the last two weeks. Like, I've been dealing with that, and it's just like everything outside of content creation. Because, like, you don't really think about it, but even when you guys wanted me on the podcast, I was like, I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm not a marketing expert, but then I was like, I'm doing all these things. I'm technically like an entrepreneur. And I was like, oh, geez. Yeah. And it's like everything outside of the content creation. I hate so much. Like, just, yeah, well, you're <laughs> it drives not me nuts. I think most content creators don't see themselves as entrepreneurs and they should. Mm. And then most content creators don't know how to do a lot of those things because they're like, they either, you know, they don't want to think about it, had a full time job and never had to or like don't understand the business side of you know, running a content creation business, which is what it is. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense. I mean, 100%. I think so, everyone also hates taxes. Like nobody's like, yeah, I love <laughs> taxes unless you're an accountant or something. Yeah. And hopefully yeah, but it's like things like that and sponsorships, like right. all those things. Fair yeah. enough. Sorry, what were you going to say, Mike? I was just going to say, and hopefully the tax part is behind you now so you can move on. Yes. <laughs> just finished it. Uh, but yeah, it's like everything outside the consecration I hate. Within the consecration part, I love every part of it. I love um, – and things I hate about it is gone, like long gone. I don't do certain things anymore. I don't edit certain ways. I don't uh, film in certain ways anymore because I'm like – I've learned that I don't like it. Like there was this one video where um, I put a bunch of things on my desk and I start spray painting them. In the video, that's what it looks like. But in reality, I can't spray paint in my – dining room like that's not going to work out right. so in reality i had to like put them on my desk and then match the same placement on my balcony where i was going to spray paint it and it was this like i wanted this seamless transition so bad and then i had to figure out how to put my lights on my balcony so it's lit the same and then it was just for this one second transition and my mom's like who's gonna even notice that? and i was like it's gonna be so seamless it's gonna be perfect and it ended up taking me two days because I couldn't get on my balcony. It was bad weather and I couldn't get the lighting right. And then it didn't end up even looking so good. And so there's these lessons you learn along the way where you're like, no, that's not worth it. That's not what I got into the space to do. I'm here to have fun. And you'll find very quickly what you enjoy and what you don't enjoy. And now it's like most of the things I do in my videos, I love. And then, yeah, I think uh, I'm still, there's maybe certain things that's like a hassle, but most of them I'm like, this is worth it. And it's so satisfying to get certain transitions right and all that. So awesome. Um, yeah. Cool, man. You have to be really conscious or else you're like burnt out and you're yeah. doing all these things you hate and you don't even realize. Yeah, you got to learn so, those lessons yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. What is one piece of advice that has stuck with you that someone's given you along the way that you could pass on to our listeners? Um, the one that's kind of stuck with me my whole life is this one I got from my dad. He told me a long time ago that... Uh, how did he put it? It's in Chinese. So I'm trying to think what's the best way to translate it. Um, me and my brother used to be like really like envious and jealous of other people that have success or have whatever we don't. And he said this thing to us. He said, chances are for those who are prepared. Um, and so ever since then, I'm just like, I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to learn the things that, you know, that will let me do the things I want to do. I'm going to learn video editing. I'm going to learn all these things and I'm going to be prepared and you never know when the chance will come by. So yeah. That's good advice. It's like a pretty that. simple one. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, we like to ask all of our guests this question. Who's making waves right now and why? Well, aside from you guys. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
it's hard to say because there's so many niches but like i guess the recent ones i've really got my eye on is like listening to you guys' podcast is amazing love the people you guys interview oh that's so nice um another person i've been really looking at is uh oh i don't even know this makes sense but american baron have you guys heard of this guy on tiktok oh he's such a weird guy i love him so much he's uh he's weirdly enough my favorite director right now like favorite director and writer and he's a tiktoker like he's making every one of his tiktoks feel like short films they're amazing crazy and yeah i heavily recommend him um check out his content you watch like one of his like one of his tiktoks made me cry and i was like what is going on? Like there's, he's doing something I don't think has ever been done before in filmmaking and TikTok and social media. And it's just like, yeah, I think he's going to be really interesting. Cool. To keep an eye on we'll add that to the show notes. Year. I'll be scrolling that all, all night tonight. <laughs> now that it's the weekend. Please do. It's really awesome stuff. Yeah. Oh man. Well, Scott, it was so good to have you on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really easy to chat and obviously mm-hmm. a lot of value here. So um thank you so much yeah. for having me stay in touch this is my first like podcast i know we're honored we're honored that you, you, so you agreed to us yeah. totally we're very honored. <laughs>